<laughs> sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. I can't make this work, then I'm going to have to get a real job. Right now, I am out. Hey, listen to me. This is a real job. I'm the one with the job. You're the one who lies around the house all day in a pool of your own slobber. Gary Hoffman. He drug a stink in here so bad the livestock wouldn't stay. Shannon Farron. She is washed up. You understand me? She's finished. She's a troublemaker. She's on my list. Gary and Shannon. You can Google it. It's worth a Google. Now for the coup de grace. Gary and Shannon. Oh, my gosh. We have a typhus update for you. You know, the typhus that's taken over Los Angeles. The rats, the trash, the typhus, the typhus zone. The typhus zone? Oh, yeah. That's what it, it's got a name now. What's that? That's my noise machine. Oh, my gosh. I thought you left it in the other room. Oh, boy. We have a Kid Rock story today. Um, he's at the White House. Today? He's at the White House. Kanye's at the White House. Sarah Palin. I saw a Beach Boy at the White House. It's a very Ted musical Nugent's day. Very musical day. <laughs> I guess we're taking the day off today. I saw uh, one of the Beach Boys. I'm forgetting who it was. It Brian Wilson. Bob. 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 I don't know. I don't think there's a Bob. Bob. Um. Anyway, he was talking about how Donald Trump uh, is a friend of the music industry and and said something to the effect of he tried to get Whitney Houston to get her life together or something of that nature. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, and it's true. Donald Trump and Whitney Houston were friends. He was at their wet he was at the Bobby Brown Whitney Houston wedding in 92. What? Oh yeah. They had a long friendship. <laughs> Somebody said could you imagine in uh, say, I don't know, April of 2015 if you were to look forward to Thursday, October 11th, 2018, and see that one of the headlines is Kanye West is meeting President Donald Trump at the White House. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the, there was a story about uh, the FBI apparently interrupted a plot to bomb the National Mall on Election Day. And guess who has been tapped to play Ursula in the upcoming live action Little Mermaid? Lady Gaga. The Lady Gaga. Well, to be fair, it's only a rumor. Okay. They haven't started casting yet. That's exactly yet. What, that's what they all say. Exact, that's what's going to happen, just so everybody knows. We have $1,000 we're going to be giving away in a few minutes. We'll tell you how you're going to win that, but listen. I feel like you can't bring up Lady Gaga if you're not going to play the song. Just going to leave you hanging then. Do it, I have been watching the, uh, the destruction that we've seen from Hurricane Michael as it made its way through uh, the panhandle, through the Florida panhandle. 
there are two people who have been reported killed. One was a guy who uh, was under a tree when it fell in Florida. Another one was an 11-year-old girl in southwest Georgia who was uh, who was killed by a falling tree. We we better get our act together. We being Southern California, this when we get our earthquake, it's going to make this look. It's going to make Hurricane Michael pale in comparison. That's all I could think of yesterday when I was seeing these these scenes of destruction. Aren't you a ray of sunshine? You're looking at pictures of destruction, and all you can think about is more destruction that will befall us. Aren't you a dark cloud? Well, I mean, if you look, if you live in Mexico Beach, Florida, if you live in Panama City, Florida, there are sections of your towns, your cities that are gone. Here's the thing. When the big one hits, we're screwed. We're just screwed. There's only so much you can do to minimize the screwing that is going to happen. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. And you're right. I mean, they at least had a couple of days notice that this storm was bearing down on them. But but we're talking about, I mean, look at the, there's a woman on CNN right now, reporter on CNN, who's standing in front of an old Firestone building. An old, by by old, I mean, it used to be standing. That's a, uh, that's a metal sheathed building that is now collapsed in on itself. And I, I don't know if it, it goes to the construction in areas like that. I mean, we obviously have gone out of our way here in California, Southern California, in the uh, aftermath of previous earthquakes to retrofit and try to make sure that stuff doesn't crumble when the earth starts to shake. And like you said, we're not going to have any warning, but we've got to have We've got to have the ability to come in and rescue people immediately after this thing hits, wherever it hits, whenever it hits. It, it just—it was a terrifying reminder that we are uh, screwed. Screwed. Is, yeah. Looks like Tyndall weird. Air Force Base in Florida got hit particularly hard. That's going to remain closed. They're saying widespread catastrophic damage from Hurricane Matthew. Roof damage to nearly every home on the base. It's close to the eye of the storm when it made landfall. Well, and the average elevation of Tyndall, I mean, I, I can't imagine that it's, you know, very hilly at all, but it's like nine feet above sea level. The storm surge was about 12 or 13 feet. Yeah. And they're talking, uh, even though there are a bunch of F-22s that are based there at Tyndall, they they move them all inland. They, it's easy to move them, obviously. You just fire them up and take off and go to Texas or wherever they had to go to get them out of the way. But it's going to take potentially weeks before the runway itself is uh, uh, can reopen because of the damage. Thousands of National Guard troops, cops, medical teams are working their way into these communities to search for survivors, people who may have been trapped. Authorities say they don't want people that were evacuated to try and go and check on their properties. They are not letting people pass checkpoints yet, not until crews can get in there and clean up the downed power lines and the trees. They say it is unclear because the devastation is so widespread and massive. They still don't know if people who ignored the evacuation orders lived or died. You know, the odd juxtaposition that we saw after Hurricane Florence is present today as well in the panhandle in Florida. It's a bright, sunny day. Yeah. Bright, sunny day, 85 degrees. A normal day for October does not belie any indication of what happened yesterday. Looks like in Mexico Beach alone, about 285 people refused to leave. Many of the homes in that area totally washed away. A National Guard team did find 20 survivors there overnight. 
and crews are there trying to get in and see if they can find any more. Well, as they go through uh, today and find survivors, do perform rescues, get a better idea of the actual damage from the hurricane in these different areas, they're going to hold news conferences, and we'll try to keep an eye on those and see if there's anything that particularly uh, interesting that comes out of them. But at 1 o'clock, we're trying to get back in touch with Pete Combs, who we couldn't hear from yesterday. We couldn't talk to him because he had lost contact with the mothership. So uh, Pete was in uh, Panama City when we talked to him on Tuesday We'll try to reconnect with him in the 1 o'clock hour today. But How about these $1,000 we've got? Great You're idea. shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's cash to 200-200. Got to answer that phone. If you win, they'll call you. It might be from a number you do not recognize. Uh, your next chance to win is an hour from now, sometime between, say, 11.05 and 11.20. You have a chance to win $1,000 an hour once an hour, Monday through Friday, from 5 in the morning all the way through that first hour of the Conway Show right here on KFI. Tell me something, boy. Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? No, no, no. It's not fill that boy. <laughs> it's right, so void. Fill, fill the void. Void. Yeah, yeah the void. saying boy. No, it sounds weird. Monica Ricks has the latest. Gary is the walking lawsuit today. <laughs> I didn't see it coming, creeping up from behind. I was almost swallowed whole by the thrill of the fight. It wasn't for the Gary and Shannon. And it wasn't just for fun. As we mentioned earlier, crews are trying to get into communities of Florida to just see how bad the damage from Michael is. How... If they can rescue any survivors, power is out for large swaths of the area where the hurricane rolled on through. Also happening right now, Kanye West. (laughs) Kanye West in the Oval Office Uh, going on and on and on. It's a word salad. He's addressing several issues. He's excited. He is. This is this is amplified. a manic state. Yeah, let's see if we can hear part of this. We get uh, back into the uh, back to the city. So those are, uh, and also Larry Hoover is an example of a man that was turning his life around. And as soon as he tried to turn his life around, they hit him with six life sentences. So I believe he's. With, you say don't tear down the statues. Larry Hoover is a living statue. He's a beacon for us that needs to see his family. That needs to go out and represent when you have a block leader on every single block they can own the block as their own that's something i learned from jim brown from american we need to put curriculums for people who really came from the streets not people who are just trying to set us up to go into a work system or prison system that applies to what people are really going through which jim brown has created what about gun violence with all the debate about the second amendment going on the problem is illegal guns illegal guns is the problem not, not, not legal guns. We have the right to bear arms. President Trump has said that he favors stop and frisk. Are you guys going to be discussing that? Do you think you can change his mind? Yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to discuss. I didn't mean to put you oh, on no, blast okay. like that, bro. But this is definitely. I'm sorry. I feel like this is right now. This alone is going to be. It's going to be provide massive entertainment. Nick is recording this whole thing. We're going to have to go back through this eventually. Oh my gosh! Earlier, earlier, he just Kanye West just said. I didn't mean to put you on blast like that, brother. Bro. <laughs> Bro. To the president of yeah. the United States. And then the president replied, oh, he can speak for me anytime he wants. 
Uh, Kanye earlier said, you better play 4D chess with me like Minority Report. It's complex. There's been a lot addressed, and we're going to go through all of it. Um, By Uh, the way, April Ryan from uh, is is on (laughs) CNN right now. And while they're playing this in the background, because it's been going on for several minutes now, Kanye sitting across the resolute desk from President Trump. There's nothing on the desk. Blathering on about all kinds of stuff together. There's a large, dark, mahogany desk. Very little punctuation. April Ryan is commenting. (laughs) She just said... I don't think I've ever seen somebody monologue in front of a president right. of the United States right. like no, this he's in just, the Oval Office. That's exactly right. And it should be known that Kanye is wearing all black and a bright red Make America Great Again hat. And the president is in his dark suit with his bright red tie. Uh, just to add to the optics of this. Wait, wait. Don't don't forget off in the side there to, to Kanye's left. Is a football Jim great Brown. and civil rights icon, Jim Brown. Yeah, and who, who, by the way, has not said one word. Well, the president said, hey, Jim, what do you think? And nobody heard him say anything. No. It was off mic, so if he said anything, it well, was Well, Jim some- Brown doesn't have the personality of these two. <laughs> Remember, the, the smartest man in the room is not always the loudest. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Um, so, anyway, there was a story today about a U.S. astronaut, a Russian cosmonaut, that had to make an emergency landing. They were in a Soyuz rocket that malfunctioned after it lifted off to head, or they thought, to the International Space Station. Words you don't want to see together, rocket launch and malfunction. And that's exactly what happened about eight minutes after liftoff. It appeared to be going smoothly. Um, NASA reported that there was a problem that may have occurred with the booster rocket between the first and second stages of separation. And from inside the capsule, a camera inside the capsule, it showed these two guys being shaken around at whatever moment this thing happened. So... NASA said they were going to make a ballistic descent. You know what that means? That's not good. It's not just falling. It means being pushed down. They would descend at a much sharper angle than normal would have been subjected to greater G-force. So the capsule separated from the failing rocket, later deployed parachutes to slow its descent. But it is not like landing. I mean, the Russians, they do it hardcore. They don't, you know, land in the soft Pacific Ocean. They land on dirt. The Soyuz rockets are very reliable, the safest, uh, some will say. They have carried astronauts since the 60s. No fatal failures. There was a fire in 1983 on a Soyuz, but it, it exploded on the launch pad. But the two astronauts were safely carried away by the escape system. This is a great... Uh, that... You know, Russia's, Russia's uh, infrastructure... <laughs> Space infrastructure uh, is in question. I mean, there are questions about whether or not it's up to the task. So this isn't going to help. Hey, the good news is they made it back. I mean, they made it back to Earth and they are going to be fine. That was applause for them making it back. Oh, I think you were going to say it was applause for your analysis of the Soviet space program. Oh, Don't be ridiculous. Uh, When we come back, the FBI says it has uh, broken up a plot by a guy who wanted to bomb the National Mall on Election Day because that's where everyone gathers on Election Day. I don't know why, but that's what he was planning on doing. We'll tell you all about it when we come back. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640.
Gary and Shannon. We're following the uh, big stories today, including the cleanup from Hurricane Michael. What is now, I believe, a tropical depression is still making its way through the Carolinas as the storm rolls through. But Mexico Beach, Florida, Panama City, Florida are a couple of areas that are uh, absolutely devastated today. Even though it's, uh, you know, 85 degrees and sunny there, the devastation is unbelievable right there along the Florida Gulf Coast. Also, we're telling you the story, and we'll follow up and see if we get any in, uh, updates from NASA about the uh, the Russian astro- or, sorry the Russian cosmonaut, the American astronaut, uh, who were supposed to go up to the International Space Station, but there was a malfunction on their Soyuz rocket, and they had to come back to Earth very quickly and unplanned. Which the only the only real soft stuff that they had perhaps to uh, soften the blow was the. Uh, load they filled their pants with look at that overhead footage of mexico beach florida uh completely wiped out and that was where we know at least 285 people were going to ride out the storm i don't know if they survived that i mean there is nothing left there's neighborhoods completely sweeped away it's a it's amazing that some of those houses actually right i mean from from the helicopter shot that we're seeing it's amazing that some of them appear to be mostly unscathed a couple of them but then right next door or in that same block you can clearly see homes were completely wiped off of their foundation it's kind of like wildfires you know sometimes a hopscotch across the street back again uh also kanye west is with the president right now they are going to have lunch jim brown is there as well and kanye has gone on a what appeared to be like a, what, a 10-minute just straight monologue, just jumping from topic to topic. Just a complete stream of consciousness monologue in the Oval Office, sitting across from the President of the United States, who was just sitting there and trying so damn hard to look like he was listening. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, this is my serious face. This is my I am listening face. But he said he loves it. Uh, they were just and, he and the they, president. Yeah, he said I love that. Kanye said I love this guy. At one oh, point, he goes over and hugs him. Big old hug and everything. The president tried to. I don't want to say downplay, but he was characterizing the meeting as just lunch with a couple of guys I really like. Right. Jim Brown He's and like Kanye this was West. just supposed to be a lunch. <laughs> and Kanye was talking about prison reform. He was talking about gun violence in Chicago. And the He's reporters talking about the stop and frisk policy. Right. And the reporters were saying, well, the president's in favor of stop and frisk. Is that something you're going to talk about? And Kanye say, oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, I didn't mean to put you on blast, bro. Bro. That's the line that just got me. Uh, What are we doing here? Yesterday we talked about FBI Director Christopher Wray and his testimony before a Senate committee about terror plots. We're currently investigating about 5,000 terrorism cases across America and around the world. And about 1,000 of those cases are homegrown violent extremists. And they're in all 50 states. Well, we can we can take one of those off and make it 999 uh, terror plots in the United States because the feds busted a guy yesterday in Tappan, New York, accused of manufacturing a destructive device, interstate transportation, a receipt of an explosive. He was planning to blow himself up on the National Mall on Election Day. A 200-pound bomb. He said he wanted to kill himself and draw attention to a political system called sortition, in which public officials are chosen randomly rather than elected. I don't even oh. I don't remember studying sortition. Sortition. Sort, that. Sortition. Sortition. 
Um, go ahead and I know that it has been used in a few places because I did just look it up. But he was going to take black powder canisters um, and make this giant bomb, this 200-pound bomb, which would have turned him into a fine pink mist, I believe. The ancient Athenians used Sortition. How would you like that? You're just randomly chosen and you have to serve your two years in Congress or whatever. Oh, that would be terrible. <laughs> According to court papers, over the last couple of months, Paul Rosenfeld was sending letters and text messages to somebody in Pennsylvania detailing his plan to detonate this bomb on the National Mall to draw attention to that weird political system. Um, and when they pulled him over, the FBI and police pulled him over on Tuesday, he waves his Miranda rights. And then admits to the whole thing. So they didn't. So they so they pulled him over because they knew he was planning this. Yes. It wasn't just a chance by chance. No. Whoever it was that he was sending these text messages to was smart enough to to contact the FBI. Okay, so Um, they were tipped off on this. Yes. This isn't really a victory lap situation. Well, here's I actually I here's what I like about this different than what we've seen in other FBI arrests or announcements of we broke up a terror plot. There have been a lot of those where the FBI goes into and they kind of feel out the different potential suspects of people who may want to blow up something or someplace. And go, hey, I can get you a bomb. And then when they, you know, they dummy up a bomb, that's when they arrest the guy. This guy was clearly already in the planning stages and and had wasn't waiting for anybody to offer him a bomb. He was making it himself. Right. He had plenty of black powder. You, I mean, buying black powder itself is not uh, a problem. A lot of people use it to load and reload their own shells and that sort of thing. But when you store it in boxes downstairs. In a giant plywood box, uh, for example, that's not the best way to go about doing that. So, thankfully, they found this guy. Um, He made his first appearance in federal court early yesterday, and they say that they don't believe that he's any part of any larger terrorist organization, but faces up to 20 years in prison if he's convicted. So, the word of the day is sortition. Sortition. We have a Chris Watts update. Remember the story of the guy who killed his two little girls, spitting images of him and his pregnant wife as well, then went on the air and did an interview with a local TV station about how much he missed them when he knew damn well that they were dead and where he buried their bodies. We've got an update on him when we come back. Some some things about what's going on with him in custody to tell you about. Gary and Channel will continue in just a moment. Virginia's governor declaring a state of emergency this morning in anticipation of what's left of Hurricane Michael passing through the state, urging people to prepare for the possible flash floods, winds, tornadoes, power outages, all of it. All the joys that come with a tornado. I mean, a hurricane, excuse me. For those of you who were betting on uh, Harvey Weinstein, uh, you may pick up a little extra scratch today. One of the charges against him was dropped. Uh, evidence emerged that a police detective urged a witness to keep quiet about inconsistencies in, a, in an accuser's account. 
This court unsealed a letter that Manhattan prosecutors wrote to Weinstein's lawyer in September. Apparently, a, a woman who claimed that she was forced to perform a sex act on uh, on Harvey Weinstein told a friend, in fact, she did so voluntarily. Oh, boy. I don't ever want to hear that sentence again. <laughs> Stocks mostly lower. Erratic trading today, a day after the biggest drop since February. It looks like banks and healthcare companies are taking some of the worst losses today. Tech companies rebounding somewhat slightly higher uh, after today, uh, yesterday's mess. Latest about the whole Chris Watts story. Chris Watts, of course, the guy from Colorado accused of killing his pregnant wife and two beautiful little girls and then hiding their bodies on oil company property where he used to work. Uh, remember, he's the one who came up with this BS story that he only strangled his wife after he watched her kill the little girls. Uh, when he told her that he wanted to get a separation. Now, I find this report completely believable, but also explainable. Chris Watts, apparently 23 hours a day in his cell at the Weld County Jail under what they call close watch protocol. That's technical name for suicide watch. He has no TV. Once a day, he is allowed to go to what's called the common room, but uh, there are no other commoners there. He is alone. Uh, In that room is a table with a communal newspaper that he is free to read. He's got two personal effects in the cell with him. A Bible and a picture of his family. Where did he get that, do you think? The picture? Yeah. I'm assuming he Somebody sent it to him. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I'm assuming a Bible is readily available inside. Yeah, you could probably get that pretty pretty simply. Um, if I'm Chris Watts' attorney, and you're sticking with this BS story about, uh, oh, I saw her killing the kid, so I had to kill her. I mean, that only makes sense. You tell your client, everybody's watching you. Even though you're on the inside and you're on suicide watch, you've got guards and other inmates who are going to keep in their going to be keeping their eyes on you, and reports about your condition and your behavior will get out. So no funny time, no happy slap happy grab ass with any of the other inmates or anything like that. You crack open that Bible and pretend you're reading that thing. That's what you do. You do it 23 hours a day, and on your free hour when you're out in the common room, you just sit there and look despondent. Well, it seems like he is taking your advice, that he is keeping a very low profile, and he sleeps a lot. Uh, He sits there, looks at the picture, and reads the Bible. Now, that's rough. Here you have a wife, pregnant wife, two little girls that look just like you. You're the one who strangles them and sees the life leave their eyes. The whole lot of them, all three and a half. And you go and you bury their bodies in an oil field, in oil tanks. Now you've got a picture of them when they were very much alive and you're just staring at it all the time. What the hell kind of brain wiring is that? That's sick stuff. I would assume the same wiring that would kill a a pregnant woman and two small babies. Right. It's just that is some sick wiring. Some source inside the jail, it appears, has been talking to People magazine and they said the gravity of the situation has hit him like a ton of bricks. Depression is setting in and he's despondent. Good. Yeah. I couldn't think of a nicer thing for this guy to have to suffer for the rest of his life. Despondency and depression. Okay. They say that the, Choke on it, what, what prompted the murder uh, was an affair with an unnamed coworker. I'm calling baloney on that. The affair is just sprinkles on this cupcake of a monster.
It's not the affair that led him to kill his family. People have affairs all the time. I wonder, kill, killing their family. And I wonder what that woman feels like. Ah, I made a great choice. Oh, seriously. You know what? That's a good my, point. My picker is off. You know, if I didn't pick that guy, maybe the, those little girls and that woman would be alive. Uh, there is an affidavit that People Magazine got a hold of that alleges that he confessed to killing the 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 wife. But again under that whole guise of she killed the the little girls, so he killed her. There was a joint memorial service for Shanann and uh, her daughters where she was remembered as a woman of love. She loved God, her family, and her friends. She was a woman of determination. Remember she was also, it was one of the eerie things about this case is when you combed through her social media she was one of those oversharers about how much she loved her husband, how lucky she was, what very, a great guy. Very effusive about that stuff. Yeah. Um, there is a, uh, a sort of a, a side legal issue in this case where journalist organizations, media organizations, are trying to get information about the autopsy reports in this case of Shanann and the two little girls because the judges ordered them sealed. But a bunch of different media organizations in the state of Colorado have been filing uh, motions to try to get those unsealed so that they can look at them. And what is interesting, an attorney for the media organization says he doesn't know of any case where an autopsy report was withheld because of the chance of injury to the public interest after charges have been filed. He's seen it before that, but never after charges have been filed. And there are questions about, we talked about, a little bit about this before, questions about what sort of information would be in there that would potentially taint a jury pool if that information was to get out. And there are also, you know, the strange legal arguments between the DA's office and the coroner's office in Weld County because the DA's office is subject to the Colorado Criminal Justice Records Act, but the coroner's office is not considered a criminal justice agency, so its reports are subject to... The Colorado Open Records Act. At least that's what the media uh, lawyer is arguing. So, I mean, this is a it's kind of in the weeds, but it is an interesting angle to this about what might possibly be in that autopsy report that could alter the outcome of the uh, of the trial. All right. Right around the corner here, we've got an update on uh, the typhus zone, the rats that are causing the typhus outbreak in Los Angeles, what the city is doing about it. Oh, and also thousand dollars. Oh, I love that idea. Rats, typhus, and cash. Just This Thursday, it's October 11th. We have a bunch of stuff coming up, uh, including we're going to tell you how you can win $1,000. A little bit later um, in the show, we're going to get into Tech Talk. Mark Saltzman's going to join us to talk about the new Pixel phones from Google. And how in the world can we continue to cram so much camera technology into what used to be just a phone? We'll talk about that. It sounds like, sorry, not like an 84-year-old man just now. Where did How'd you get a a camera into that little phone there? (laughs) 
Well, we have done three days now of following the latest from Typhus Zone in Los Angeles because it is ridiculous that we have a Typhus Zone. We are not a third world country, but mm. apparently we are. Uh, Joel Grover, investigative reporter extraordinaire from NBC for LA joins us now. He has also been on the typhus beat and uh, brings us the latest. Shannon, I never thought I would be on the typhus zone beat. I <laughs> never thought that would be part of my job description. I, I think you're so right. Whoever thought we would have something called the typhus zone in the nation's second biggest city? Yeah, I mean, we've got typhus. San Francisco has the fecal zone. So, uh, we're doing Actually, well. I, I think our typhus zone could be nicknamed the fecal zone. Oh, no. Mm, so, wow. Tell me more. <laughs> well, you know, this, this is something that I think uh, uh, privately city officials tell me should have been prevented. There is, as we know, an outbreak of a disease called typhus um, in the downtown area. There's also been concurrently epidemics of it in other parts of L.A. County, like Pasadena. We do know that in downtown L.A., a lot of this is being tied to the trash and the filth and the rafts that have taken over downtown L.A. You know, I think only because this has gotten out in the news and we have questioned Mayor Garcetti about it, the city is trying to do something. You know, better late than never, but it is a little bit late. The city has let Thousands of rats have free run of downtown. Rats, the fleas on rats, spread typhus, this disease, and they let garbage pile up, not just in Skid Row, but in other areas of downtown where people live and work. And, um, you know, a lot of people tell me this this outbreak of typhus is going to get worse, not better. Well, I- when we I, we did the numbers, I think it was last week, we said that there are usually about 200 cases of typhus every year in the United States, and already we have nine just in the city of Los Angeles. So that was a ridiculous number then. That's not, yeah, that's just nine in a small cluster of downtown. Right. I mean, that's ridiculous. So where does this fall in terms of responsibility for cleaning up these areas? Is it Department of Sanitation, or now that it's become a health issue, is it Department of Health? Um, I, I think it's both, but it, the, the burden certainly, the responsibility certainly falls on the city of L.A. I mean, when was the last time you guys drove through downtown or parts of, we call it Skid Row, and there are thousands of people living on the streets there, but Skid Row is also... I, yeah, I call, it, of- I call it Skid Grid because it has exploded uh, just in the past five or six years. It, it just seems like it's gotten exponentially bigger each year. Right. And what we used to call Skid Row, an, an area where people never went unless you were homeless, is now businesses, right. loft apartments, expensive apartments. Um, you know, this again, this is the city's responsibility. In the reports I've done the last few days, we have shown parts of this part of L.A. that are there where the city has let mountains of garbage pile up. They get complaints on the <laughs> Three one one line, and they don't respond. And you know there 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 are so many rodents. So I heard through the streets of L.A. I heard you saw an unfortunate situation yesterday uh, with one of the rodents that was um, passed one on. 
way, which one? I can't keep track of all the rodents I see when I'm, every time I go to downtown. Now, yesterday, the city invited me out. The city's response to the typhus area is that they are now going to the typhus outbreak, is they are going now do regular cleaning of streets, cleaning away the trash, sanitizing the streets in a bigger area where typhus cases have been pinpointed. So they invited me out yesterday morning. They said, we want you to see how our crews are sanitizing the streets. And on this one block, right after they had sanitized the streets, I looked down and there was a smashed dead rat. Mm. And I said, ooh, hmm, they missed that. And then I walked over to talk to a homeless man who, the second they cleaned the streets, he brought his tent and his stuff back. And I said, what do you think of the street cleaning they're doing? And he goes, look down by your feet. He goes, there's a pile of feces. They missed it. So there's, you know, how much they're really going to be able to clean the streets. I mean, let's face it. There is a much bigger problem going on. Well, I'm sure. Um, on the streets of L.A. I'm sure Mayor Garcetti is on top of this, right? It's like number one priority for him. Yes. I hope you guys question him about this. I mean, this is a con- look. It, it, all due respect, it, this is a very complicated problem when you have tens of thousands of people living on the streets. Um, you know, the mayor often says publicly, and he said to me, this is a question of housing, and we're building more housing. We've finally gotten the money. You know, and I've said to him, is it really just about building more housing? You have a huge population on the streets now that is drug addicted and mentally ill. And isn't this about finding a way to get the necessary services so maybe some of these people can be off the streets? It's, apoc- it's apocalyptic, as you well know, what is going on the streets of L.A. And by the way, it's not just downtown. It's other parts of the city. It's Hollywood. It's West L.A. It's the Valley. You know, I grew up here. I've lived most of my long life in L.A., and I've seen it change. It was not like this years ago, where you saw encampments under every, you know, freeway bridge, and you see them in the valley. And, you know, I went into a doctor's office in Century City, and there were homeless people camped outside. It's everywhere. Have you heard about the rat house in, uh, where is that, Van Nuys? I did. I did. Good Lord. covered that. that. Here's another thing. This city and the county admittedly needs to do something about the rat population that is exploding in L.A., and as we all know, rats carry diseases. They poop on stuff. They, you know, leave a trail of disease that way. And we now know from the typhus outbreak that it's transmitted through fleas that, you know, hitch a ride on rats, on stray cats, um, fleas. And I see all these people walking their dogs through downtown L.A., these young professionals, and they're at risk because you know, the fleas can get on their pets, fleas infected with typhus. So it's a big problem. Mm. I could I could go on and on. Oh, no. Please. No, I'm already depressed that's, yeah, that's now. Thanks. I, think our, I think our city leaders have some tough problems, but they got to face up to them. Yeah. No, gotta, no, 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 Joel. They need to go to Mississippi and campaign for other people and start their presidential uh, You must platform. be following the mayor on Twitter. Because we, 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 we wanted to do a long interview with him Friday afternoon about the typhus outbreak and hear everything the city's doing. And one of his aides said, you know, we, we tracked him down at a ribbon cutting. We tracked him mm-hmm. down? And, and we said, we want some time with the mayor. This is an outbreak. And he said, a young aide said, he's late for a flight at LAX. Oh, yeah. boy. Can, you, sure. can you keep it to one question? And I said, No. 
I cannot keep it to one question. Good for you. There's a disease outbreak in our city. It's typhus. Have, we're like going back to the Middle Ages I here. Lo- I got a lot of questions. Yeah. So. Joel, thank you. We appreciate your time. Always great to be with you both. Thank you. Have make, a good day. Bye-bye. Make sure you check out Joel's story, uh, NBCLosAngeles.com. We'll throw a link up as well. Um, at the bottom of this hour, we're going to be talking with uh, yet another NBC4 reporter, our friend Eric Leonard, um, talking about the latest on that Malibu Beach Park uh, arrest, actually, of a guy and potential connection. We don't know yet, but a potential connection to the murder of that uh, man in his tent. Coming up next, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, walks back potentially some of his Me Too comments. We'll talk about that. And how about this? Your chance at $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. And remember, you got to answer the phone even if it's a number you do not recognize. You don't pick up that call. They move on to somebody else. Your next chance to win is next hour. Somewhere around this time between, uh, I don't know, 12.05 and 12.20, you've got a chance to win $1,000 once an hour, Monday through Friday, right here on KFI, 5 a.m. to 6.20 p.m. Get jazzy on I'm that flight that you get on, international, first class seat on my lap, girl, riding comfortable, cause I know what that girl them need, New York to Haiti. Gary and Shannon. Yeah, I know. I know three words, and they're all over the place. Hey, remember the Fry Festival? This oh, that was, was the big, uh, like, party, like the was, whole... Yeah, it was a music festival that was billed as this, this elite, like, Coachella, but even nicer fire, fire festival. What I call it? You said a fry. Oh, my, my Which, bad tastes better but the guy who engaged in all the fraud to get people there for a complete f show has been sentenced to six years in prison admitted defrauding (laughs) investors of 26 million and over a hundred thousand dollars in a fraudulent ticket uh, selling scheme wow six years in prison federal prison happy prison that's Mm. sure um we were telling you the story earlier about this uh, very strange um launch that was supposed to take place from Russia to the International Space Station. The International Space Station commander uh, currently up in space, Alexander Gerst, says he's grateful those two astronauts are doing well. They actually had to abort the launch and then come back to Earth a few minutes after the rocket launch because of a problem. Uh, And uh, Gerst tweeted from orbit, of course, Space flight is hard, and we must keep trying for the benefit of humankind. German guy. If you didn't get that. No, I got that. German guy. Yeah. Uh, You do German guys very well. 1230, by the way, when we get into Swamp Watch, we're going to spend some time on this uh, event that happened, if you want to call it that, at the White House today in the Oval Office. Kanye West, Jim Brown, and President Trump sat around perhaps the most powerful desk in the world. And Kanye went on a stream of consciousness rant for a long, long time, apparently dropped the F-bomb as well. There was a large group of reporters and photographers there on hand for this meeting. And at one point, the president said, uh, when probably asked, what's going on here? He said something to the effect of, well, this is just supposed to be a lunch with two people that I like. 
And Kanye goes over to him, gives him a hug, and says, I love this man. I love this man. Right. I, I think Kanye is in a manic episode. I mean, that's what this looks like to me. Well, I don't know the man, so I don't know if he's always like this, but looking at what happened today and just putting words and thoughts and strings of thoughts together looked like a manic episode. He's, maybe he's excited. Maybe, maybe he's maybe, not, maybe he's, that's the way he is. He's nervous, perhaps. I don't think so. <laughs> or he's cuckoo. Cuckoo may be a definition. I don't know. Why did, Why does Arnold Schwarzenegger feel like he has to apologize for everything? Well, because Stop in 2018 it. in California, he is not able to get away with his retroactive comments and behaviors. Remember when he was running, there was a couple of a binder full of women that. Uh, <laughs> alleged some inappropriate behavior from him on set. Remember when he wasn't running and he was getting it on with the maid? Uh, Patty Baena made a baby. There are things that should be apologized for. And the he says, looking back, I stepped over the line several times. I was the first one to say sorry. And he says, I feel about it and I apologize. When I became governor, I wanted to make sure that no one including me, ever makes this mistake. That's why we took sexual harassment courses to have a clear understanding from a legal point of view and also from a regular behavior point of view of what is accepted and what is not. Again, I'll go back to what I think would be a huge money-making HR scheme. Is you say you're going to wrap up all of the sexual harassment issues, uh, racial discrimination issues, uh, worker-non-worker, union management... With one simple seminar where you say, just don't be a D to other people. Schwarzenegger did a long-winded interview with Men's Health magazine, and he was asked about the the women that had accused him of, of groping, uh, of him groping them, humiliating them. And he said, I feel bad about it, and I apologize. He, looking back, I stepped over the line several times, and I was the first one to say sorry. When I became governor, I wanted to make sure that no one, including me, ever makes this mistake. That's why we took sexual harassment courses to have a clear understanding from a legal point of view and also from a regular behavior point of view of what is accepted and what is not. He said he has not changed his views on masculinity. I'm a guy. I would not change my view of who I am. However, he says the woman I was originally most in love with was my mother. I respected her. She was a fantastic woman. I always had respect for women. I always find it weird when people juxtapose the in love and love the woman i was most in love was was with my mother mm-hmm. i think a lot of people assign a romantic angle to that and they hear it and it sounds weird i forgot that fabian nunez uh <laughs> at, at, at one point said he says he's going to terminate members in november i really don't know what that he means by that that's not funny anymore that's pretty well, funny you were, so he the other thing he did was he made a comment about uh, being economic girly men. If you remember the 2004 Republican convention, I found an edited version of that comment. I say, don't be a girly man. Don't be economic girly men. He's talking about those critics who are pessimistic about the economy. And then it wasn't, well, that wasn't the first time he used it. It's not even his line, by the way. It's not even his line. It was Hans and Franz from Saturday Night Live who came up with the girly men thing. Tonight we will show you pathetic girly men a way to skip the workout and go right to the pompadour.
All right. He said, at the time, it felt like the right thing to do. It was in my gut. I improvised it. I called them girly men because they weren't willing to take risks. And he says, it's better not to say that because you want to work with them. You don't want to work with people whose feelings are hurt by you calling them girly men. Well, I thought that he was going to say sorry for saying that because it implies that girls aren't as powerful or competent as men. So, like, the girl being the adjective is... is. It was a silly, stupid line. If if that's what's going to prevent you from reaching across the aisle and trying to work on some sort of a compromise deal, then shame on you. Shame on you. Shame. We've got the first shame on you of or the show. shame. And it is 1127. I can't wait until Kid Rock makes his way into the Oval Office to talk. I want to know what he's going to say. He's going to say some magical stuff. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'm head out west where real women call me quick with scripts and fake press. Eric this Leonard's is why I did us. not go see Kid Rock in Cleveland. You missed it. We had a great time. Yeah, I'm just not a, I'm not a big Kid Rock fan. When we come back, Eric Leonard, investigative reporter for NBC4, is going to join us and talk about the arrest apparently that has been made in the Malibu Beach, Malibu Creek State Park, and whether or not it may be connected to a murder we saw back in June. And then that duet he did with what Cheryl, Cheryl Crow. Crow yes. You couldn't get away from that in 2003. And they played that song. Oh, great. It wasn't Cheryl Crow, though. Sorry, I missed it. Not believable. For shame. Gary, Gary and Shannon. Shannon. That's us. We'll continue just a moment. Shannon, KFI AM 640. Oh, my gosh. I was just in the office listening to some of Kanye's rant. He jumps from topic to topic inside the Oval Office with the president. They're both seated at this big, empty mahogany desk, and he's just going off about X, Y, and Z. And at one point, he talks about how school was boring and they need to switch things up. You know, you you play basketball while you're doing math. Uh, you meditate in the morning with music. He's offering different examples of how we can change the curriculum so kids aren't bored in school. Okay. I mean, this was wide-ranging. <laughs> this was wide-ranging. Uh, we're obviously following the uh, the uh, aftermath of uh, Hurricane Michael as it made, through, uh, it made its way through Florida, Alabama, Georgia yesterday, and is continuing to bring uh, trouble through North Carolina and the Virginias right now before it moves out into the ocean. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, 800,000 people was the number I saw that had uh, lost power, uh, two deaths associated with the storm. Uh, The other good news today, tens of millions of Social Security beneficiaries and other retirees uh, can expect an increase in benefits next year. Inflation actually went up. So Social Security announced a 2.8% boost that only averages to an extra $39 a month, but it does at least give you that annual cost of living adjustment. Well, there has been a big law enforcement presence up in Malibu following the death, murder, it looks like, of Tristan Beaudet. Remember, this was the dad who was camping with his two little girls and uh, shot in the head and killed. Still don't know who's responsible for that. And there's been some burglaries and then yesterday an arrest. Eric Leonard from NBC4, investigative reporter, and our friend, 
joins us to talk about this investigation. Eric, are any chance these, these things are connected? Well, that's certainly the, uh, the focus of all of the law enforcement attention right now. Uh, when we broke the story last week that this burglar was wanted for this series of very unusual break-ins around the Malibu Canyon area in which really only food had been stolen from uh, various different buildings over recent months. Uh, the uh, the concern was that this guy might be living out in the wilderness, breaking into places to survive, to feed himself. And it wasn't really until a burglary on the morning of September 30th at the intersection of Las Virginis Road and Mulholland Highway that uh, really intensified the, the attention on this. Because during that break-in, uh, and this is, with, this is the subject of the story we broke last week on Tuesday, they had a security video from the break-in that showed that the burglar was dressed in what looked like tactical-style clothing, his whole face covered except for his eyes, uh, and he was wearing a headlamp, and he had a rifle or long gun slung over his left shoulder. Uh, and the, the images are kind of chilling. They're up on the NBC4 website. Uh, they're up on Twitter. I mean, this guy looks like uh, exactly what people worry might be breaking into their homes in the middle of the night. And it was the image of that gun that really got homicide detectives interested because, first of all, most burglars uh, aren't armed. Um, Second, if they are armed, they're usually carrying something that's more concealable than a, a rifle slung over their shoulder. And in this case, they did some analysis of the photos and the security images and were able to see that there was uh, some, let's call it, similarity between the gun he was carrying and possibly a gun that was used in both the shooting death of Tristan Miller, the or Tristan Baudet, the, uh, the camper who was killed in June while he was sleeping with his two- and four-year-old daughters, and also possibly some of what they've described as random shootings in the Malibu Canyon area over the last year or so. I apologize for my voice, by the way. I, I probably spent six hours talking continuously on the phone yesterday uh, uh, when we uh, pulled the story together. And it's then, okay. You, uh, leave, you leave, radio, leave radio, you get out of shape. I know. I know. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the, all the attention is on this gun now. They caught the guy yesterday afternoon uh, just before 4 o'clock. He was walking in a, a brushy area off Mulholland Highway, not far away from the Malibu Creek uh, campground where Baudet was shot to death in June. I hesitate to call it a murder, uh, even though it is a crime that uh, Baudet was killed. It's not entirely clear that the person who pulled the trigger was aiming at any yeah, one I person. Have, I should have said homicide. Well, yeah, because the, the whole, first of all, the whole circumstance surrounding these random shootings are very peculiar, that over the last year or so, there have been different types of incidents all reported in the same area in which there have been vandalism shootings, there have been what look like pot shots taken at cars driving down Las Virginis, and uh, and then in the, the horribly tragic case of Baudet, uh, a killing. He was asleep inside his tent with his two- and four-year-old daughters beside him. And whoever fired the bullet fired it from dozens of yards away, could not possibly have seen whether any one person was inside the tent or not, let alone aimed at one of the three people who was inside. So it's not even clear that they're going to be able to charge a murder if, in fact, investigators are able to tie the gun that was found when this alleged burglar was caught yesterday 
with the shootings that have happened over the last year in Malibu Canyon. So are we just waiting on ballistics, and how long does that take? Well, that's going to be the first big break in the case. Uh, Whether or not this gun can be shown consistent with the gun that fired the bullets that were involved in some of these other incidents. I can tell you our law enforcement sources who have kept us uh, uh, well apprised of the progress of the case say that all of the shootings reported in Malibu Canyon, including the shooting of Baudet, involved multiple guns, different guns. So we already know that even if they're able to make some kind of ballistic match, it's not going to be to all of the random shootings reported in Malibu Canyon, only some of them. And we're told a, a small fraction. Sorry, the ballistic tests are being done as we speak. Go ahead. Does the sheriff's department believe this guy was living in the park or was just traipsing through multiple times over the last several months? Yeah, there's some interesting speculation that's gone on. Uh, We're going to report a little later today some more detail about uh, who this guy is and perhaps what put put him on the sheriff's department radar. Um, I can't really say more right now, but um, the theory is that he was living somewhere in the wilderness for at least the last few months, prowling into outbuildings and businesses to obtain food and uh, possibly taking random shots at cars and people in Malibu Canyon. That's the theory that detectives are working off of, but it will take the ballistic analysis to provide any kind of conclusions about what has happened here. And it is also possible, and we should keep in mind, that the guy they caught yesterday, uh, who's been identified as Anthony Rauda, is just a guy who happened to have a gun and camping supplies and happened to be walking in the area and, in fact, has no link to either the burglaries or the shootings. But that's not the theory the detectives are working on. Right. All Eric, right. thank you so much. Great okay, stuff, guys. as always. Take care. All right. Eric's uh, piece brought to you by Suquette Lozenges. Oh, I thought it was Ricola. No, Suquette. Oh. Are those the ones that taste like cherries? They're, they're tagline. Suquette, bro. You never heard of them? Uh, another nugget from the Kanye rant in the Oval Office. Mm-hmm. His cell phone passcode is 00000. <laughs> what? Yes. They caught him on camera unlocking his phone <laughs> to show the president uh, something on the phone. And it was 000000. Well, you don't want to confuse the guy. Coming back, uh, the latest connection that we have found, we have to Gavin Newsom. Oh, we and do by have the a way, connection. His, uh, his sad story about growing up poor, we talked about this. Uh, there's yet even more holes in that story. Yeah, that's baloney. <laughs> we'll talk about that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, a Florida hurricane expert says officials need to study why so many people refuse to evacuate. You know why? It's hurricane desensitization. People get these evacuation orders every year, every other year, and it's like, ah, well, the last one was all right. It's fatigue. Fatigue. Evacuation fatigue. Exactly. 
Uh, there you go. You don't need to hire an expert. We've got it. Elon Musk is back in the news today. Says he's looking at creating a housing compound up in northern Nevada where they make batteries for their electric cars. He talked at a summit with Nevada Governor Brian Sandoval this week saying housing shortage and needed infrastructure, the biggest limits on his plans to grow the the uh, company up there, grow that plant from 7,000 employees up to 20,000. So we, we had a fun conversation last night uh, at dinner about Elon Musk and would you invest in a company that that guy's the head of? And? As opposed to would you invest in a company where that guy's the main inventor? Well, I mean, you've got to look at the product. You can't separate him from the product. Right, but if he's the one who's in charge of the day-to-day business stuff, mm-hmm. that he's not, doesn't though. appear to be How would successful. he be? I mean, when a company's that large, how would he be responsible for day-to-day he's stuff? He's the one who says he's making, he's paying, you know, 20-hour days and things like right, that. Right, but doing what? Mm-hmm. You know, Plain he's not making the cars. Floor. Gavin Newsom, he's talking about how he grew up a poor child with learning disabilities. Because this is what helps you get elected? Well, I don't know. You, there's a benefit to being wounded. I don't know. I'm trying to formulate this you're in my a, head, You're but. a guy who's always had money and a wealthy circle of friends, and that's your lane. So just own it. But yet, no. He wants to jump into another lane. Well, this, is not some, this is not your story. He's <laughs> trying to appeal to people who have struggled at some point in their lives. And, you know, granted, growing up with dyslexia, he says he still suffers from it, by the way. And that's the, one of the reasons why you'll never see him read a speech off of paper. Right. He, he has to underline everything as he reads or else his mind wanders. Now, a lot of everything that you hear from Gavin Newsom is Kanye-like word salad stuff, but it's Part of it is because he refuses to read. He's not happy with a teleprompter, although he'll use it and almost will never read stuff off of a written script. So there's a couple of things to talk about. He um, he talked about growing up uh, a product mostly of a single mother. He says raised by a mom who had a couple of jobs, worked as a part-time waitress and a bookkeeper. But his dad was a lawyer. Um, and, and the connection with the father, I think, is probably the most interesting in terms of his uh, – it's the story, the narrative that he likes to pose that he was just a kind of a hard scrabble kid and latchkey. Part and of the he ate dirt and, and rocks for his childhood and stuff like that. Part of the narrative is that his mother was a teenager. Not true. He di- he said in this interview that his mother was a teenage mom. Not true. I looked at her obituary. She was born in forty six. He was born in sixty seven. He she 21. was twenty one. I mean, why are we lying about crap like that? Just say my mom was really young when she had me. Well, he does you say know, to over dramatize it, his, and it's a blatant lie. Here was his words that he gave to uh, to Cap Radio. Was um, privileged to have a, a teenage mom she's pregnant uh, as a teenager. She maybe he's got kid, uh, brothers. Okay, but like that, that maybe. But that makes it that sound makes like it sound he's referring like, to himself. Absolutely. Um, the other thing is he obviously started his uh, business, first business in 1992, opened a, a wine shop. And that in itself, hey, start your small business, do what you want, make some money, live your dream, right? The problem is Gavin Newsom's dad worked for Gordon Getty. Yes, Getty. Billionaire businessman Getty. That Getty was the one who ran Pat Brown's governor's race 
Uh, he was actually was running the DA's office when Pat ran the DA cam- campaign when Pat Brown ran for DA and then eventually went on to become governor. Um, here's the thing. In that wine uh, shop that Gavin Newsom opened, he got a little gift from somebody named Getty. They don't give out little gifts. All right. Everybody wants to complain that the president talks about his little gift that he got from his father and turned it into a billion dollar empire. Uh, Gavin Newsom got a little gift also from a billionaire to start his business. He went on, of course, I think it was Willie Brown who eventually appointed him to a city commission in 96. Um, he went on to run for county supervisor, positioned him to run for mayor, of course. He won that in 2003. This idea that Gavin Newsom is this hard scrabble kid from the rough streets of Marin. Not, not your story. No, there are no rough streets you, in Marin. You can still be if if he wants to position himself as a champion of the little guy, a champion of immigrants, a champion of then of do single that. Moms but of, you weren't one of them. Yeah, it's just, not your story. It's too bad. Good lord. Too bad that he feels that he's got to do that. Um, anyway. Oh. This was the connection. Did I play this connection yet? This is the connection that his mom had? Was um, privileged to have a, a teenage mom no, pregnant uh, as a teenager. She uh, dropped out of Chico State. Didn't what? Wow. Dropped out of Chico State. Uh, dropped out of Chico State. Was she there when you were there? I'm sorry. That's what? I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. The poor woman is gone. I know. Wow. Turn that around on me. Uh, dropped out of Chico State. Did Didn't come that? from any wealth whatsoever. No wealth whatsoever. All right. We have $1,000. Speaking of wealth, we have $1,000 we're going to be giving away in a few minutes. And we're going to get into all of our what's trending stories, things that are trending most right now on social media. Get it? Because you were there a lot Next earlier. on Gary and Shannon. Uh, We uh, next hour are going to go to the uh, destruction zone after Hurricane Michael made landfall yesterday. Pete Combs was supposed to join us. They were having some transmission problems. We're hoping to get back with him today in the Panama City area where some of the massive destruction. And this is not, uh, man, I, I just assumed that because, you know, Hurricane Florence came on land a couple of weeks ago and didn't cause massive destruction that this one was going to come on and there would be wind and rain but the next day would be fine the images that we've seen from from michael in mexico beach florida and panama city are unbelievable just unbelievable entire buildings that were just wiped off their foundations anyway we'll talk about that uh in the one o'clock hour we have some stuff coming up including strange science and of course our tech talk with mark saltzman next hour as well and your chance at a thousand dollars oh i love that idea what else is going on Time for What's Happening. Well, I think it's safe to say that every single person is talking about Kanye West at the White House. He was in the Oval Office with the president. The two shared a uh, empty desk there, a big mahogany, dark mahogany desk, where Kanye uh, went on a, uh, a long-winded rant, jumping from topic to topic, 
from prison reform, gang violence, guns, stop and frisk to school curriculum being too boring and that they should uh, play basketball while they teach math. It was something. This is our president. He has to be the freshest, the flyest, the flyest planes, the best factories. And we have to make our core be in power. We have to bring jobs into America. I did like he went sort of like he went from respecting the office of the presidency to military strength to Pilates to manufacturing. I mean, he's he's nailing all of the topics. He says that his Make America Great Again hat that he wore to the meeting, the bright red hat uh, that was given him to the president is by the president is like a Superman cape. He went on to discuss his recent bipolar disorder diagnosis, saying that he was misdiagnosed by a doctor that said he was merely sleep deprived. I think this is bipolar, uh, this disorder that we saw. I mean, this seems like a manic episode. In the Oval Office. I would be curious to see what somebody would say about that, somebody with a medical degree. I mean, just in terms of... Oh, I'm not good enough for you? <laughs> I went to Chico State. Four years. You didn't drop out like Gavin Newsom's mom. <laughs> um, it turns out that there has been a criminal case dropped against Harvey Weinstein. But in this case, it's one out of six counts that has been dropped. Prosecutor told the court today that in the Manhattan DA's office, that they're going to drop one of the one of the six counts. This one involves an actress named Lucia Evans, who accused Harvey Weinstein of forcing her to perform sex on him in 2004. And according to this letter, letter to the defense that was unsealed today, they said that the story itself starts out the way that Lucia Evans described it, where he would get uh, he would give her an acting job if she would give him a different kind of um, job. And according to the witness that she was talking to, she thereupon then performed oral sex on the defendant, later to go on to say that this discussion uh, that Lucia Evans appeared to be upset, embarrassed, and shaking, but that she did so voluntarily, that she performed the sex act on him voluntarily so... They are dropping that one out of the six. And by the way, Benjamin Braffman, who is Harvey Weinstein's lawyer, should go burn in a a very hot place. I can't wait for the day that I stop hearing about Harvey Weinstein and any sort of sexual act. That's going to be a great day. Mm. It's going to be bright and sunny and everything. Uh, It's bright and sunny in Florida after Hurricane Michael swept through, being blamed for two deaths at this point. But we had a report that about 285 people in uh, Mexico Beach, Florida, that was just really pummeled, uh, did not evacuate. Uh, and we know crews were working their way back into that community to see if those people are still with us. Some of those places, I don't know how they're going to find anybody. Yeah. Uh, Michael made history, by the way, one of the four strongest hurricanes to ever hit the United States. Um, no prior record, uh, anything close to this on the Florida panhandle. And... There were just a few others that were even bigger than that. So this is a terrifying Camille um, in 1969, Hurricane Andrew in 92, and the unnamed Labor Day hurricane of 1935. We've got an American astronaut and a Russian cosmonaut that have survived a rocket launch malfunction, making an emergency landing in Kazakhstan. 
after their Soyuz booster rocket failed shortly after liftoff on a trip to the space station. We'll talk more about this at 1.30 when we get into strange science because this is a, this is a fascinating look at the emergency procedures in the event that something like this were to, to go wrong. I mean, obviously, it's been these emergency procedures have been in place since we started shooting um, people into space on giant explosions. But this is the use of one that we haven't seen for a very long time. The Joker movie is being produced already. Yeah, the think- Joker movie. We got some news coming out of the set because they were filming at a Brooklyn train station and they were kind of stuck there for more than three hours and they were forced to relieve themselves on the tracks. Hey, Blake, quick gas go around. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Where is the strangest place you have relieved yourself? Wow. Blake. Keep a lot of places. Um, All over this great country. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. That's... Was it in the parking garage downstairs? No. Good. I peed in my front yard. Well, that's pretty good. Your own front yard when All you right. could have gone inside and used the toilet. Yep. Yeah. Got it? And Is I, was, that... I was not a child. Do you people just do that because you can? Sometimes. Okay. Nick. Uh, see that trash can right next to you? Oh, oh that's horrible. The one sorry. right next to my pizza? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Get it? Pizza. Oh. Uh, I like Blake, but it was in the backyard, and I was teaching my son how to uh, how to pee, standing up. And you couldn't have used the toilet in the house? Well, it's a little crowded when you try to get to, uh, and you can't cross the streams. Got it. And it's cleaner, because he's not going to hit the toilet the first exactly. time. Exactly. Monica? A New York City subway? Oh, really? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Uh, maybe off the side of the road on a long road trip. Okay. I try you? to hold it in emergency cases. Oh, I've got a slew you? of these. Yeah, it's hard um, to narrow it down. It, it really is. I can't pick a favorite. <laughs> it's like picking your children. I also think the condition of your parole is that you can't talk about it. Right. Excellent point. Hey, we got $1,000 we're going to give away. Here it is. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's money to 200-200. If you win, they will call you. It might be from a number you don't recognize, but if you don't pick up that phone, they're going to move on to somebody who will. Your next chance to win is next hour, sometime between 105 and 120. You got a chance to win $1,000 an hour, once an hour, Monday through Friday from jo- from 5 in the morning with Jonesy and Wake Up Call all the way through the first hour of the Conway Show. Slow down on that pizza, would you? You're going to burn something. Hey, you guys meant relieve yourself on purpose, right? Not by mistake. Were you going to say the KFI News booth? I was going to say Ikea. On accident? Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. No more. No more. <laughs> when we come back, a law and order checkup. A post office worker stealing stamps, a naked wannabe rap star. Well, I think we'll lead with the naked wannabe rap star when we come back. Gary and Shannon. Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes. The flags go up. Churning and burning. They yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down. And Gary and Shannon. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's <laughs> one of us has an entire mouthful of pizza. 
President Trump, after his meeting with Kanye West, saying he's open-minded about the stop-and-frisk policing. He earlier this week called on Chicago to adopt the strategy. Uh, Kanye's not a fan of it, so that was going to be one of the topics over lunch. We will dive into all that was that meeting. I mean, Fred, it, it the, was. Fred agrees with me on Twitter. How can you say that Kanye's actions are part of a manic episode? You aren't qualified to diagnose Well, that's that. why I put the disclaimer on it that I'm not a medical professional and I don't know the man, but it looked like a manic episode to me. Uh, I would venture to say that someone who was qualified to diagnose that would not do so based on a five-second soundbite. Uh, it wasn't a five-second soundbite. I listened to about ten minutes of it. I used to work with a woman who was bipolar. And when she went manic, she was mile-a-minute talker, energy, thought to thought. It was just like that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was something. Uh, we've got a group of stories. It kind of, it's almost like a, uh, like a law and order type roundup. Is that what you were looking for? That's perfect. There is a... Do you know that this song goes on for like three and a half minutes? I did not. (laughs) I've only heard like the first first 30 seconds ever. A postal worker in Louisiana had a bit of a gambling problem. And, um, well, I I guess I shouldn't say a bit of a gambling problem. He had lost more than $650,000 at a casino since 2011. Wow. It's about, what, $100,000 a year? His name is Tim Conway Jr. No, it's and, not. Oh, and that no. was not nice of you oh, to say. Oh, I'm sorry. Ryan Cortez was his name. I didn't see that part. He's the uh, customer service operations manager at the North Kenner Post Office in Kenner, Louisiana. Now, um, because of his habit, he decided to skim a little bit off the top at the post office. And he, you're thinking, well, what kind of money is there to skim off? Right. He had this, he had this thing down. Oh, Marty yeah. Bird told him how to do this. What he did was he would order extra stamps. He was ordering hundreds of thousands of dollars in extra stamps and then would steal the stamps and then sell them on on eBay. And what's interesting is it was the eBay and PayPal people who eventually went to the post office. It wasn't the post office. No. Listen, the post office can't be bothered to just give you your mail, let alone uh, know when an employee has stolen $630,000 worth of stamps. Yeah, so imagine this. They they said that even though his salary every year is about seventy grand, he lost, like you said, $650,000. Also, it's a lot of pie gal. they said that he lost in 2017 alone, he lost... $220,000. That's a rough year. I mean, there may have been some good years mixed in there. We just don't know. We just know the total. There have to be good years because why would you keep going back if you didn't win at least a handful of times? Oh, that's so cute. I know. Why do addicts? I know. Yeah. Uh, all right. This is maybe um, one of my favorite stories oh, of the changing. week. When, you're, when we change stories, we have to do the. We have to do oh, the that's good. The gavel. You've been moved by the Lord before. You're talking to me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, there was a man in North Dakota who seems to have been moved as well. Zachary Burdick uh, entered the Spirit of Life Church about 9 a.m. Tuesday morning. 
He then um, took off his clothes, hopped into the holy water basin, and walked down the aisle masturbating. Oh. You can do that? No, you cannot do that, which is why he is now uh, arrested on drug, criminal mischief, and indecent exposure charges. They think he was high on meth at the time. It's all fun and games, but there were preschool children at the service. I have. um, He's an aspiring rapper. Did we get to that part yet? No. Okay. Um, He he plays with a band called Street Poets with a Z, of course. Is that like Fierce Brosnan? And performs under the stage name Unknown with no O in it, so it's unknown. The the SoundCloud page that I found for him invites you to blow a cloud and enjoy the show. Can we play some of that music? I'm not certain. Well, just get your hand on the uh, dump button there, Blakey. Like, put the pizza down. Blake's ready to go. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, unknown vibe with me, produced by Urban Nerd. That's nice. That's kind of nice. It was the second word. Oh, (laughs) fail. Oh, man, that's great. I can't wait to listen to that in the break. Just so you know, (laughs) the, the Spirit of Life Church says it is going to drain, sterilize, and re bless the holy water so that you don't get a bunch of wrapper juice in it. The second word of the song. Well, I mean, what have we expected? That's why Blake was so quick on the, uh, uh, on the trigger Good there. times. All right. Uh, when we come back, Swamp Watch, Gary and Shannon. Let's sing an anchor from the sun. There's a million city lights, but you know the Thursday is October 11th. Hurricane Michael continues to be a big story today, what's left of it at least. It's making its way over the uh, Virginias and it's going to be out to the uh, Atlantic Ocean hopefully very soon. Um, But they're still looking at the number of deaths associated with the storm. Officially, two. We've heard as high as five uh, people who may have been killed as Michael rolled through the uh, Florida panhandle and parts of Alabama and Georgia and the Carolinas. Um, We're also keeping an eye on the story, and we'll talk more about it in Strange Science at the bottom of next hour. The story about the uh, launch of a Russian rocket. It was supposed to take an American astronaut, a Russian cosmonaut, up to the International Space Station. But soon after it launched, there was a problem, and they had to get into the escape capsule or use the, uh, the escape pod that they are basically already in and come back to Earth. And they don't splash down in Russian uh, uh, Russian rocket launches. They don't uh, they don't take them out to the Pacific Ocean, and land them less violently. It's on the hard frozen tundra. Mm, John there. Facenda was the one with, who I don't think he did the play by play. He's been gone for a while. Yeah, he, he's no longer with us. Uh, the swamp has been very entertaining oh, today. Boy. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Before we get to the fun stuff, I want to get some of the business portion out of the way. The president, um, outside of his very fun schedule for today, did make some comments about Hurricane Michael not too long ago. FEMA and first responders are on the ground, and we have teams currently conducting 
search and rescue missions. By the way, the Coast Guard has been incredible. They've saved many lives. We will do everything in our power to help those in need, and we will not rest or waver until the job is done and the recovery is complete. When you think about it, this is still... Uh, there are still people in the Carolinas, for example, dealing with the effects of Hurricane Florence and had to deal with this over the last 24 hours. So um, we'll keep an eye. The president has um, that's the most that we've heard today about any updates that he has gotten was the statement that he made not too long ago. Melania Trump uh, sat down with Tom Lamas from ABC News to do a wide ranging interview And she says in this interview that she has told her husband that there have been people in his administration that she doesn't trust, people who have worked for him. She also says in this interview that she is Jared. She doesn't like Jared. uh, I don't know. I doubt it. Maybe. Uh, She also says that she believes she is one of the most bullied people in the world. I could say I'm the most bullied person on on the world. You think you're the most bullied person? One of them. If you really see what people saying about me. Uh, I could agree with that. Well, I mean, when I you're a like public a, person, yeah. you're going to get bullied. And specifically that public person. I mean, I don't know if she's bullied more than other public people, though. I would I would argue with her term bullied, though. I don't I don't know if that would describe I mean I know she's be, she's criticized. A lot of people say right. she should stand up to her husband or she should never have been with the guy or, but or bully, whatever but a bully I, kind of denotes somebody who has kind of power over you through their through the intimidation through, yeah, or something. something of that nature. And I don't know about that, but I, I she's definitely one of the most criticized people, that's for sure. Um but here's the here's the comment about not trusting somebody. He's been in office now almost 2 years. Has he had people that you didn't trust working for him? Yes. Did you let him know? I let him know. And what did he do? Uh, well, some people, they don't work there anymore. She's there's like, a, I fired those fools. There, <laughs> there's, a, uh, there's a fascination, I think, with public uh, couples like this. We, oh, yeah. we were talking yesterday about the, the relationship between Bill and Hillary Clinton. And it's, I think it's a lot, uh, it's something that a lot of people don't, understand the relationship between those two people. This is another one where there are people who just don't get the relationship between Donald and Melania, and and they never will. The thing is, we don't know what goes on in their private time. She says that she's talked to him about it. What do those conversations sound like? I mean, we don't see them being very effusive, being uh, close to each other. Even even Hillary and, and Bill would have conversations about stuff where they would lean over and Here's the thing. I would say I, scheming, but I, I don't know the best way to describe it. Here's the thing. I think Bill and Hillary have a lot of shared interests. I think that they are intellectually uh, at the same point. I don't see Melania and Donald Trump having a lot of shared interests. I see, uh, you know, two people who probably wouldn't be friends if they're if they weren't married. I think Bill and Hillary would probably be in the same circles. Yeah, maybe that's the better way to describe it. Just that their their relationship appears different. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh is on a I Am a Good Person tour. He is feeding the homeless on the streets of Washington, D.C. Well, he's done this before. This isn't – he's not – I mean, it doesn't this hurt. This is the second time hurt that to... he's been photographed handing out food to homeless. 
But it's not the he second a, time he's he is a, handed out food to the On homeless. a good person. I am a good person. He was working for uh, Catholic Charities. He was wearing his blue business casual attire, according to the Daily Mail. And handing out beers to no, people no, on this. No beers. No, no, no. beers. Just, just normal food. Um, he was wearing his Washington Capitals baseball cap. Okay. Why does that sound funny? Because it's the Nationals. I know, but... I mean, you, the Capitals, the hockey team, but it just sounded funny. Just say he's wearing a Washington Capitals hat. Everybody would know what you were talking about, not assume that it was a hockey helmet that he was wearing while handing out food. Well, okay, so listen, Kanye West in the White House today. And it was great. It was unbelievable. Um, the only thing that made it even more ridiculous was the fact that, that even Kid Rock was there today. The Kid Rock was at the White House. Kid up and down your block. I guess they talked about music royalties. People like myself, who are maybe more at the top of the food chain, it really doesn't affect as much. But I know many people it does affect. So this is going to help out in a big, big way and be a great start for, for hopefully a lot more to follow in the future. The answer your, to your question is yes. Oscar and I spent an evening with Kid Rock in Cleveland mm-hmm. when we were there for the Republican National Convention. Yeah, and I, had a fantastic time. I don't regret not going. I'm just not a Kid Rock fan, and that's that's it's okay. We don't need to agree. You would have had a blast on everything because the other. Well, thing I is, have fun wherever I go. There was uh, there was a rumor going around that the Trump kids, that Eric and Donald Jr. and maybe some of the others would show up at this concert since it was along the the river there that goes through Cleveland. The entire river was covered with police boats. Yeah. Uh, All right, coming back, we will unleash Kanye West in the Oval Office. This is stuff Mm. that you do not want to miss. Clear out those ear holes, baby. They're about to get filled. Gary and Shannon. Yeah! Oh, Lord, I'm Shannon, in the middle of a Swamp Watch, talking about what's going on in Washington, D.C. At the top of the hour, we're going to get an update on uh, the aftermath of Hurricane Michael. Just absolutely devastated portions of the Florida panhandle. Uh, Today at the White House, though, speaking of uh, devastating, uh, Kanye West sat across the, uh, the desk from President Trump today in the Oval Office. Scrum of reporters around them firing off questions. Wearing black and a... Bright red Make America Great Again hat that he said makes him feel like Superman. Ooh. You know, people expect that if you're black, you have to be Democrat. I have a uh, I've, I've had conversations that basically said that welfare is the reason why a lot of black people end up being Democrat. They say, you know, first of all, it's, it, it's a limit to amount of jobs. Uh, so the, the fathers lose the jobs and they say, we'll give you more money for having more kids in your home. And then we got rid of the mental health institutes in the 80s and the 90s, and the prison rates just shot up. And now you have Chirac, what people call Chirac, which is actually our uh, murder rate is going down by 20% every year. I just talked to the superintendent, met with Michael Sachs, that's Ron, Ron's uh, right-hand man. So uh, I think it's the bravery that helps you beat this game called life. 
You know, they tried to scare me to not wear this hat, my own friends. But this hat, it gives me it gives me power in a way. Mm -hmm. He credited Trump with preventing a war with North Korea and encouraged Trump to swap his Air Force One for a hydrogen powered plane. I brought a gift with me right here. Um, This right here is the iPlane one. It's a hydrogen-powered uh, airplane, mm. and this is what our president should be flying in. Look at this jerk. Mm. <laughs> so we get rid of Air Force One. Can we get rid of Air Force One? <laughs> no? you like well, well, we're going to have Apple, yeah, an American company, work on this plane with. But you know what I don't like about... It's not that I don't like... What I, what I need Apple Saturday Night plane? Live to improve sure. on oh. and what I need the liberals to improve on is if he don't look good, we don't look good. This is our president. He has to be the freshest, the flyest, the flyest planes, the best factories. And we have to make our core be in power. We have to bring jobs into America because our best export is entertainment and ideas. But when we make everything in China and not in America, then we're cheating on our country. Mm. Listen, there in that word salad, there are some croutons of truth. There are. There are some things that he's saying that are not ridiculous, but delivered by Kanye West, they're ridiculous. Do you have the part where he talks about schools being boring? Yes. Because that was one of my highlights. And this is Kanye West. I think it would be cool to have Yeezy Ideation Centers, which would be a mix of education that empowers people and gives them modern information like sometimes people say this kid has ADD this kid has ADD he don't have ADD school is boring it was boring it's not as exciting as this we have to make it more exciting we have to mix curriculums you play basketball while you're doing math you 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 learn about music while you meditate in the morning we have to instate mental health and art programs uh back into the uh back to the cities did you went to school yeah did you Ever have a mental health program at your school? No. No. You did have arts programs, though. Uh, you had, yeah. like, band and stuff yeah, like that. sure, sure. Now, he, that I agree with. That he, I think he does a, make a point that a lot of schools are cutting the arts out because of budgetary concerns. Exactly. And that, that, that's one but of those that, things that, where... But the whole basketball while you're learning math, I don't know how that's going to work out. How about this? How about you play basketball and keep score? That's math. Is it not? Uh, yeah, basic okay. math. Well, I'm not saying it has to be ridiculously tough, and I don't think Kanye West is either. Well, kids need to learn algebra. Um, and you can't do that when you're playing basketball, I don't think. These two have such an interesting relationship. It got, for the reporters in the room, it probably got the most crazy when... Kanye stood up and gave the president a hug. Yes, yeah, yeah, you know I love you. I know. Did, did I, did but I don't want to take. I don't want to put you in that spot. But. No, I'm, I'm standing in that spot. I love this guy right here. Let me give this guy a hug right here. I love this guy right here. Yeah. Uh, and that's my friends. I didn't want to put you in that position. Where I think you get a little manicky. These two are special people. <laughs> He's the, the these two. The other person in the room. I mean, outside of the dozens of reporters, um, NFL Hall of Famer Jim Brown was there as well. Jim Brown didn't say anything. Yeah, I, I, he wasn't going. To, that's not Jim Brown. No, no. Um, uh, he just sat there stoic while while Kanye 
barfed up information on the Resolute desk like that. One of the reporters did ask him, you know, well, you know, the president talked about how he's he's all for the stop and frisk policies. Um, and you're against that. Is that going to be something you talk about in the lunch? And, and Kanye answered and said, yes, we're going to talk about that. And then says to the president, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to put you on blast, bro. <laughs> The uh, the most interesting thing about this is going to be the reaction to it. I mean, I'm a little stunned that this went on as long as it did, that Kanye ranted for like 10 minutes before the president said a word. And uh, it was very hard to keep him on uh, on task in terms of this, whatever he was talking about or what he was there to talk about with the president. But the response on MSNBC right after this thing wrapped up and they cut and escorted the reporters out of the room, this was from MSNBC seconds after this thing ended with the uh, the president and Kanye West today. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing this for everybody who's watching us who turned their volume down. He's, you can put it he's waving his hands. That but was if you think you're bonkers. going to get uh, uh, a thoughtful play-by-play and political analysis, you're not. Because that was an assault on our White House. We're not. We're not really? Uh, uh, we're, we, you can't analyze some of that stuff that was said. Um, as we warned you at the top, uh, there was a little bit of profanity. We, there was actually more than you heard. We, we were able to bleep some of it out. Yeah, there uh, was. There was a lot of profanity. There was and an there MF went, in there. That, yeah, that... Oh, an MF, dropping an MF in the Oval Office. Uh, it's not the first time. No, but it's the first time live on television. Well, um, maybe. So, at one point there's there's just cameras everywhere and at one point Kanye grabs his phone because he wants to show the president something and he's unlocking it and his passcode is zero 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 and the internet seems to explode with yeah, that when he was showing him the uh, <laughs> the picture of the hydrogen plane dude I saw this one thing on the internet you should totally try it that's basically what that amounted to in the old days it used to be I saw Wiley Coyote make this invention. I think I'm going to make one in my own backyard. So instead of Apple, he actually meant Acme. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and Apple, I don't know if they got into the uh, to the plane business yet. Have they? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that. Maybe he meant. I know they're doing. They're at least embarking on the possibility of getting involved with cars. I mean, I'd go, I'd go the Tesla route or SpaceX. Something. Something of that nature. All right, coming back. We're going to get an update on uh, on Hurricane Michael and all of the effects uh, down there in the Florida panhandle. We have Tech Talk coming up, some strange science stories, including that absolutely crazy story about the uh, Russian rocket that uh, there was an American astronaut on that had to come back to Earth. These guys had to be rescued because something went wrong. And we're going to give away $1,000 not too far away from now. On Gary and Shannon. On this Thursday, October 11th, we do have a chance for you to win $1,000 coming up. We'll tell you how you're going to win. But we want to get right to Pete Combs, who is down in the uh, Florida Panhandle area, the area that was just absolutely devastated by Hurricane Michael Pete, yesterday. it's good to hear you. We were worried about you yesterday. What happened? Hi, I'm so sorry. Yesterday, at the height of the storm, when the wind was blowing its hardest, it blew down the cell towers uh, or at least one of them, and knocked out the entire uh, network for Verizon here. Some cell phones with other companies do work, but Verizon has been blasted, and it hasn't been back since. So when my phones went down, both of them, uh, this is a lesson to be learned. Don't have two of the same kind of phone. Uh, the only thing that worked was the machine we're talking on right now. Wow. Um, we've seen some of the images of 
the devastation in places like Mexico Beach, uh, Panama City. It just it it's almost indescribable um, in terms of what we've been able to see on the ground. Is it as bad as we're seeing on TV? It absolutely is. I'm in Panama City now. I've been talking to people, uh, and the devastation here is remarkable. And I'm told that where I am, I haven't gone far enough in to see the worst of it yet. But I'm looking. Let me just tell you, I'm, I'm at a, a main intersection here. I'm looking at 15th and Fair, Fairland. I'm looking at a, a, a fried chicken place and a convenience store. The roof is completely ripped off, uh, and the pumps are still intact, but the covers of the pumps are not. There's debris covering the parking lot, debris covering uh, Fairland, and then down Fairland there are a bunch of trees down, apartments with their windows blown out. The roofs do seem to be attacked with a lot of shingles missing and a couple of holes. I'm not done yet. I'm looking then a little bit more to the right, and it's uh, a grove of trees. Every one of them has been snapped off. Now, there's a Coast Guard helicopter going in for a landing at the nearby airport, which is closed to civilian traffic, but there's been a lot of military traffic going in. Guys, I could go on. It is just, it is not just devastating. It is heartbreaking. How do people seem to be doing there? Is there, have people come back? I know earlier they weren't letting anybody back in to see if their home made it because they wanted to clean up the trees and the power lines and that. Have you, have you seen any, anybody from around there? They've done a good job of cleaning the uh, main roads off, but the residential streets are still not just full of debris, but also a lot of construction trash and debris. Uh, one guy that I talked with, and I'll tell you about this in a second, he had a flat tire just going to check on his neighbor, uh, and that's a big danger here. Uh, there's no fuel, but if you have fuel, you might not have tires because there's so much debris that, that could uh, uh, puncture your tires in the road. The guys that I've talked to here, the, the, the men and women that I've spoken with, are stunned. They look at the devastation. They think of what this place looked like 48 hours ago, and you can see the disconnect in their eyes. They're not getting it. But what is trashed out and spread all over the place now was their neighborhood, their home, uh, their neighbor's house. Uh, and that is so hard for them to comprehend at this point that they have this dazed look. They, they'll list what's going on. Sorry about that. Uh, my car got uh, – I'm oh, sorry. No, that was my bad. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, you know, my car windshield is broken out. My my other car is uh, is flattened by trees. My house has no roof. Uh, my neighbor's house, we had to rescue her. I talked to another guy who lived in a hotel. He is homeless now. This guy lives on a disability, so he's living in a, a low-rent hotel, and he has no place to go. He has no food, and he says, I've got, I've got an EBT card. Um, but I have no place to use it because nobody has electricity to take it, and I'm hungry. You know, so I gave him what I had in my wallet, um, and I gave him some food for my cooler. But I'm telling you, this is heartbreaking. This is going to be a rough ride, I think, going forward for these people. Uh, Pete, we know you have to get going, so thanks. We're glad to hear that you're uh, that you're at least back online. We'll hope to maybe talk again tomorrow. Thanks, guys. You bet. Pete Combs there, latest in uh, Panama City, Florida, after the devastation from uh, Hurricane Michael blew through there. There are a couple of images that I've seen uh, shown over and over again on uh, on CNN, Fox, a couple of other places that we've been watching. Uh, one of them is a drone shot going into a gymnasium, a high school gymnasium, that was wiped out. Both ends of the gym were blown out by the hurricane yesterday, and the roof was ripped off. But the floor of the gymnasium is shiny and new, 
well, it's shiny because it's covered in a layer of water, but it, it looks like a brand new gym floor, and the volleyball net is still strung up uh, across that court, across the uh, across the gym floor. And it was, I mean, like I said, both sides of the gym had been blown out, so the drone was able to fly through the thing and get the pictures from the inside. The other one was, and we mentioned uh, Tyndall Air Force Base, which is just south and a little bit east of, of Panama City. The Air Force Base was the scene of massive destruction. They're talking about no electricity, no water, no sewer in Tyndall Air Force Base. And there are planes, sort of uh, planes that are just on static display, like the plane that's out here in Burbank, you know, the, the park that's down there uh, past on Alameda, and there's a plane out in front. A static display airplane like that, where it had been ripped off of its moorings and flipped over, just because of the force of the hurricane. These planes uh, that are just supposed to be statues uh, to the uh, dedicated to the forces there, and they're, they're just they're knocked apart. Mexico Beach, Florida, they're calling ground zero for the storm. Entire blocks of homes completely wiped away, just foundation. Uh, at least two hundred and two hundred and eighty people they say stayed in town for the storm. Many still unaccounted for, and I don't know how you're going to account for them when it just wiped away blocks and blocks and blocks. All right. Um, when we come back, we're going to be talking with Mark Saltzman, our tech columnist, about uh, some cool things, including the new Google phones, the Pixel that came out, uh, and how it is they can cram all that technology for camera stuff into these phones. But that, first, oh, this is right. uncomfortable. Well, I've been, I've been why, sitting on this for an hour. On it? oh, it's your chance. Paper cuts. At those $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Got to answer that phone. If you win, they will call you, but it might be from a number you don't recognize. Now, if you don't win, your next chance to win is going to be next hour during the John and Ken show between, uh, say, 205-220. Got a chance to win $1,000 once an hour, Monday through Friday, from 5 a.m. through that first hour of the Conway Show at 6.20 p.m. Gary and Shannon. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Gary and Shannon. Big story of the day is Kanye West's performance in the Oval Office. He said, among other things, it was about a 10 minute rant. He said, uh, he'd love to see President Trump and Colin Kaepernick sit side by side at the Super Bowl wearing Make America Great Again hats. He says he loves Hillary Clinton, but then added that that campaign, I'm with her, just didn't make me feel as a guy. It was something about this hat that made me feel like Superman. Interesting. So it's a gender thing. thought we weren't doing that anymore. Also, the Dow drops 545 points as selling is widespread. That's a two-day loss of 5.3% largest since February. We're going to get into some strange science stories at the bottom of the hour, but right now it's uh, time for Tech Talk. The machines are getting smarter. This is Tech Talk, brought to you by Skynet. And because it is this time on a Thursday, we welcome in uh, the people who are smarter than we are when it comes to all this technology stuff. 
well, I guess the people, the person. Mark Saltzman, tech columnist for USA Today, also uh, AARP, and a bunch of other places you can read his stuff. Well, he's not in AARP, no, no. but he does he write works, for them. Yes. Yeah. Makes um, it easier to understand. Oh, I'm getting up there. Yeah, a couple more years, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us all, I mean, some of the information's been leaked out, but Google's latest phones are now official. That's right. They had uh, a press event this week that I wasn't able to attend, but I, I'm going to give you sort of the skinny on uh, the two new devices. And skinny being the operative word, of course, slimmer, bigger phones with amazing cameras, nothing new there in terms of trends because we've seen Apple just do that uh, and Samsung before that. They also had what's called a Pixel Slate. This is a new tablet device, a 12-inch Android-powered tablet that's more of a premium device that lets you dock a keyboard, kind of like a Microsoft Surface. But let's start with the phones. The Pixel 3 and the Pixel 3 XL uh, were unveiled on Tuesday without too much fanfare. Again, they had this press event, and they are, as you would expect, better than the Pixel 2 and the Pixel 2 XL, which is a larger screen. So we're talking now 5.5 inches for the Pixel 3 and 6.3 inches for the Pixel 3 XL for those who want more real estate. The real story is the cameras. So, uh, you know, we all know that that is one of the most popular applications for any smartphone today, and it's a race between many of the big players and others, too, by the way, also Huawei and Motorola and all that. But with the Pixel 3, it has a cool feature whereby when you take a photo, it actually takes multiple photos in burst mode, even though you, you think you're just pressing the shutter button once, and then it picks the best one for you. So it analyzes everything, it applies some artificial intelligence on the back end, and it picks the best photo. But you can also go in there and manually choose the one you want. They also have a, a feature called Night Sight, which is a taking your photos at, at night in a dark environment. No flash needed. They showed to the crowd how amazing the photos look in low-light performance, not being doctored at all. So that looked pretty cool. But the company is getting some flack for its notch, you know, that, that infamous notch that iPhone 10 had and, and, and a few other phones at the top of the screen. It's quite big on the uh, Pixel 3. In fact, Samsung went to Twitter and is already trolling them. All they wrote was this, you could land a plane on it. That's what they wrote after, <laughs> after the Google press announcement. So this is like, you know, that part, part of the screen that, that can't be used for anything other than, you know, camera and some sensors. That big, a Google says there's also a speaker in there for stereo sound if you hold it sideways to watch a movie. But, yeah, they're getting trolled by Samsung. That's the first time Samsung has gone after Google. It's usually Apple. Uh, you know, they go after the, uh, the iPhone jugular. But, uh, yeah, so that was the big announcement on Tuesday. I haven't yet played around with them. Google told me I've got a phone on, on the way to me to play around with. So it's not a full review, but apparently the cameras are great, powered by some artificial intel intelligence on the back end. And these start at seven ninety nine. Yes. available October 18th. Now that now, reminds me of the trolling that the Red Sox did when they beat the Yankees. <laughs> Playing yeah. New York, New York. Yeah. <laughs> when, um, where, how much room do we have left for camera technology in these cameras? Yeah. Yeah, I still think it's early days for smartphones. They've only been around a decade. So they're just going to get better and better. So we're going to sound stupid for that question in a decade. Right. So, <laughs> you know what, though? Like in 2019, though, I really think we're going to start seeing some foldable phones and rollable phones. 
that because uh, right now you know you've got your phone but you still kind of need your computer you know for long form typing you may want a keyboard or a larger screen to watch entertainment uh, not everybody is ditching the computer for the phone but I think that once you start uh, with a phone and I think Samsung's going to do this uh, early next year and first is when you've got a phone that can actually fold out and into you know and double its size essentially then add a Bluetooth keyboard there really is not going to be a need for a computer anymore so next year is going to be very exciting, I think, in the smartphone space. So to answer your question, a lot more innovation to come, both in the photography department and in all the other features that we use smartphones for. What is this about Facebook and Alexa teaming up? Yeah, so speaking of cameras, Facebook announced uh, two new products. One's called Portal, the other is Portal Plus. They're essentially the same thing. They are a voice-controlled video calling device powered by Amazon Alexa. Uh, pre-orders start on Monday, but essentially it's a video phone for your home. And it uses Facebook Messenger, and you use your voice to summon Alexa to make a video call. They're selling them separately, so $199 for the regular portal and $349 for the Portal Plus, which has a few more features, including a camera that you can swivel around. Uh, but they're offering a $100 discount if you buy both. The idea is that you'll have someone with whom to share a Portal video call. So Gary and Shannon, at your home, because I know you don't talk enough at work, <laughs> that you guys will each have a Portal or Portal Plus, and you just, by using your voice, you'll ask Alexa to call one another, and it's a video call. But, but right away on, on social media and online, uh, on news articles, people are saying, hell no. Like, after what Facebook has, <laughs> has shown right. um, with the 50 million user accounts that were, it was just, you know, that were exposed to hackers, that was just revealed. And before that, of course, the 87 million people that had their profiles scraped and improperly shared with Cambridge Analytica, that political ad targeting firm, people are not so happy about putting a camera and microphone in their home powered by Amazon and, sorry, powered by Facebook but using Amazon to call up somebody. Is there anybody in Facebook's front office who says, uh, maybe we uh, maybe we pull back on uh, the invasion of technology for a, a few months and concentrate yeah. on security? It's a great question. And chances are they've been working on these products for a couple of years now, so it's just bad timing, I guess. But, you know, we're fickle. Maybe people will, for, will forget, and out of the 2 billion people uh, or however many claim, Facebook claims to have, Maybe only a small percentage is saying, hell no, and that's really just what's making the headlines. And most people will go, hey, that's cool. For 200 bucks, I can video call somebody. But then again, your laptop could do it, your tablet could do it, and your smartphone could do it. Do you need a dedicated device that could do it? Not sure. But don't forget, Google and Facebook, uh, Google and Amazon have their own video screens as well. So Facebook is entering a crowded space here, but maybe they're banking on their name to sell some units, or it's going to hurt them in the end. Almost always the smartest guy in the room, Mark. We appreciate it. Almost. Thanks, Almost. guys. <laughs> Mark Saltzman there. <laughs> Tech columnist for USA Today. And remember to follow him on social media, especially on Twitter, Mark with a C, Mark underscore Saltzman. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Coming up next, we have. Well, yeah, I know. I couldn't figure out how to turn the microphone on and off. <laughs> uh, we've got a stack of stories here. Let's see. Sharks, obesity. Uh, a reason not to pick your nose. They're all kind of weird and sciency. Uh, odd. Sci- we'll come up with a name in the break. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue. Somebody better call a doctor. She's a little hard stopper. I 
Social issues, mental health, endorsement deals, hydrogen planes, basketball, math, meditation, music, all topics were on the table today when Kanye West and President Trump were seated across from each other at the Resolute desk in the Oval Office. (laughs) Wow. That was uh, was the reaction from an MSNBC anchor when that whole thing ended. That was great. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't know. This is a, the weirdest time, I think, in this country's history. It's just yes. weird. It's just weird. It, it seems like the we are going to get tired of constantly changing, surprising headlines all the time. But um, it's not yet. No. It's definitely not. <laughs> I don't even think we've reached a peak yet. North Carolina says a diver has died after a tree, uh, excuse me, a driver has died. It uh, changes the story a bit. A driver has died after a tree fell on his car as a Hurricane Michael's wind and rain have arrived in that state. This F- happened just north of Charlotte. FBI announced uh, just yesterday that they stopped a guy they said was planning to bomb the National Mall on Election Day. A guy in New Jersey who had uh, been planning this, uh, planning to blow himself up on the National Mall on Election Day to bring attention to sortition. Sortition, which uh, to look up, uh, which we had to do, it's a form of politics where people are chosen to serve uh, as opposed to volunteering and then being elected, you're chosen randomly within the population to serve as a politician. Strange. Speaking of strange. <gasps> That's a great word. Strange, strange science. science. Strange science. It's like weird science, but strange. I wanted to start with this uh, strange story of the... Russian rocket that failed on launch today, and yeah, an astronaut you know, and cosmonaut had to had to make a safe emergency return. You never like those words together, rocket and failure. <laughs> this uh, they're about forty miles above the Earth, and they were going faster than a rifle bullet. And then things, something went wrong. A Russian cosmonaut, hundreds of tons of explosive fuel. Failed less than two minutes after the liftoff today, which prompted the crew to try to make a a landing. And thankfully, it was safe and they are okay. But this capsule had to parachute back to Earth and ended up outside of a small city in central Kazakhstan. By the way, you know, 60s, 70s, when we saw these guys coming back to Earth outside of the shuttle program, but in the, the Gemini and Apollo programs, we would see them splash down into the ocean somewhere, right? And... Although it was somewhat violent, I'll say that safely, it was not as violent as falling onto the hard ground near Kazakhstan. Yes, they were parachuted in, but still Nick Haig, the astronaut, and Alexei Ovchinin of Russia uh, were able to walk to a rescue helicopter that whisked them away to the Cosmodrome, where they ended up meeting back with the, uh, the head of the Russian Space Agency. But this was a terrifying thing. 42 minutes after liftoff, NASA was able to tweet that the Soyuz capsule landed back on Earth. But that was was after they said 
that the crew was returning to Earth in a ballistic descent mode. It was falling without propulsion, the direction only dictated basically by where the thing was at the time. And that a ballistic descent means that it's a sharper angle of landing than they would normally want. That means that there could have been some threat to the crew because, among other things, the angle of this thing coming back through the atmosphere could cause it to heat up way too quickly. Remember the story of the 13-year-old boy we told you about who was lobster diving in Encinitas and was bitten by a shark? Well, lifeguards and scientists thought they were probably dealing with a white shark. Witnesses said it was about 11 feet long, but DNA test results have come back, and it looks like the attack was made by a great white shark. This child, by the way, is okay. He was critically injured um, diving for lobsters at Beacons Beach, about 200 yards from shore. Water was about nine feet deep when he was attacked. Lifeguards say the boy was certainly lucky that an off-duty state lifeguard and off-duty Oceanside police officer were nearby. They were able to pull him into a kayak and apply pressure to the badly bleeding wound. He was airlifted in critical condition. He's now recovering. It looks like the GoFundMe account set up for him and his family is about thirty-seven grand. Uh, there was a guy who, uh, who's been handling all of this who says very clear, one of these uh, shark researchers, he says, listen, there is no such thing as shark-infested waters. Sharks live in the water. Right. That's their home. So shark-infested waters is is silly to say, even though that's what we say all the time when we talk about it, uh, we talk about shark attacks and the potential for shark attacks. Ronald Reagan's presidential library is beautiful. If you haven't been there in Simi Valley, it's just so well done and so gorgeous. They are going to be unveiling a hologram of Ronald Reagan. I don't know if I like this. I don't like it at all. Well... What I don't like about it is we have so many images of Ronald Reagan that to see him kind – to see a hologram that kind of looks like Ronald Reagan doesn't do it for me. No. It's like like when you go to uh, Madame Tussauds and you see some of the less-than-perfect wax uh, reproductions of people where you can tell it's not exactly – Yeah. That it doesn't look exactly know. like it should. What about it's, that Hall of Presidents at Disney? I haven't seen it. Um, no, all the animatronics. I'm still not. The thing is, you can't. It's very, very hard to replicate an image of somebody. If you did, let, let's say Thomas Jefferson, how many people today <laughs> have any real good idea of what Thomas Jefferson looked like? Nobody, right? So you could do that. Abraham Lincoln, perfect example. Mr. Lincoln at, at Disneyland. Perfect example of that could be exactly what Abraham Lincoln looked like. We don't know. But a lot of us were still alive. I don't think you guys were. But a lot of us were still alive when Ronald Reagan was around. Or I should say we were alive when he was still around. And the idea that he would be there and he's going to be so close to you, that's the other thing, is that you're going to see him up close. It's just kind of eerie. It's just kind of creepy to me. It's not Tupac at Coachella. Right, that's different. Where it's farther away. This is a very, oh, very... Oh, I see. So it's the up-close view that you hate. Uh, it's not that I hate it. It's just I'm not going to feel great about it. Hmm. I, it's still neat. I love the technology of it, but it's still going to give me the EBGBs. Coming up next, it looks like our obesity issue may be threatening national security. Wow. And 
People are messing around with mice and same-sex parents. Another one. Also, one more reason not to pick your nose. Another reason. Another one. Gary and Shannon will continue just a moment. Here's a blue ribbon uh, headline for you. Neil Patrick Harris. Wait, wait, wait. You mean Neil Patrick Harris of uh, Doogie Hauser fame? Do, 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 do. Yes. Of uh, Gone Girl, who Let's got see. his oh, right, got yeah. that thing cut off. Neil Patrick Harris says Whoopi Goldberg promised him sex. Wow. This was on The View yesterday, where the two were on the set, and he talked about working with Whoopi on a movie in 1988 called Clara's Heart. And he remembered an exchange between the two that caught him off guard. He said, you know, I did my first movie ever with Whoopi Goldberg. She told me, I was 15 or 16 16 years old, and she told me on my last day of shooting that in 10 years' time she was going to have sex with me. (laughs) The audience erupted with a mixture of shock and laughter. Goldberg, who sat on the opposite end of the table with a smile, then said, I might have. She's 62. He's 45. So. Uh, so she was in her 20s, I guess. No, she would have been in her early, early 30s. 30s. Yeah. Early 30s. And he was a teenager at the time. Oh, that's gross. That's really gross. There's so, there's so many questions I have about that. Right. Was Whoopi Goldberg just offering random people sex? Well, it wasn't random. I mean, she was at least in the movie with him. It wasn't like mm. somebody on the street or something like that. Yeah, but if this was a reversed man and woman, this would be part of the Me Too movement, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, President Trump says he's open-minded about the stop and frisk policy. He made the comment when he was meeting with Kanye West that was one of the issues that they were talking about. Uh, Trump had uh, called this week on Chicago to adopt a strategy of stop and frisk in an attempt to cut down on the amount of gun violence in that city. Uh, there are a lot of feedback is coming in about this meeting that he took with Kanye West today at the White House. I don't mind him meeting. I I was the more I think about it, I don't like the ten minute tirade that uh, kind of rant, whatever you want to call it, that Kanye went on, and the president never stopped him. Right, he he, which is so rare because usually he's center stage, and he just let Kanye go on and on and on. Uh, I know that somebody, I don't know which columnist, but there's a conservative columnist who says the president took advantage of Kanye West, like took advantage of whatever he's going through. Yeah, uh, and that it was not a. Th- I don't know. Anyway, you know, back what, to you some- know what it kind of reminded me of is uh, Tom Cruise's appearance on Oprah after he met Katie Holmes. That kind of energy the, the and the, the jumping couch. up and down kind of thing. It's the Oof. same kind of thing. Back to some uh, some strange science. Uh, obesity. Just under 30% of Americans aged 17 to 24 are not eligible to join the Army because of obesity. This is a, this is a crazy story. This is a, a study undertaken by the military called Mission Readiness. And... What they're concerned about is the fatter our kids get, the less likely they would be to qualify for military service if they choose to join the military. And their suggestion is, and I know a lot of people buck at this idea right away, 
But their idea is institutionalized fitness and nutrition programs in schools to make sure that kids grow up healthy and physically capable of protecting the country if it ever came to that. But people push back against, well, no teacher's going to tell my kid how to eat. Okay, but if you're giving your kid Yoo-Hoo all the time, there's going to be a day where the chickens will come home to roost on that dietary choice of yours. They found that that 29% of young Americans who have a high school diploma and no criminal record, no chronic medical issues. So the third, basically, of people who would qualify if they choose to get into military, 17 of them would be qualified and available for active duty. And 13% of those would qualify, be available, and actually achieve a score on the Armed Forces Qualification Test. It's not just the obesity issue, uh, but it's also not a willingness to serve. It's just people don't want to join the military anymore. Um, The obesity issue, they say, though, is particularly bad in the South. Um, The Army draws a large number of recruits from the South. Citadel, the Citadel, of course, the military college in South Carolina, found that recruits in 10 southern states had lower levels of physical fitness and were 22 percent to 28 percent more likely to be injured during basic. Wow. In 2016, among 16 to 24 year olds in 2016, 13 percent said they would be interested in joining the military. Two percent last year. In just one year, it dropped by 80 percent, sounds like. Um, Mouse pups have come out uh, with same-sex parents. Yeah. uh, For the first time, scientists said yesterday that they had bred mice with two genetic fathers. Steering around biological hurdles that would otherwise prevent same-sex parents from having offspring. Interesting. Now, so if you wanted to make a baby with another man, they could use both of your stuff your DNA, and combine it? Uh, I think what you're talking about is if I wanted to have mice with another man, if I'm reading the research correctly. I'm just saying if you were a mouse and you as a mouse wanted to, I'm assuming they're doing these studies on mice to see how they can do it on humans eventually. I guess. Here's the weird part. The mice with two genetic mothers matured into adults, and were able to have pups of their own. Mice with two fathers, for the most part, did not result in births, the embryos that they created, and none of the bipaternal mouse pups, those with the two genetic fathers, none of those survived to adulthood. Hmm. Is that because there was no mother? Mothering figure? Not a doctor. You're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. Why can I not pick my nose? Uh, Because you will get pneumonia. So pneumonia being the lung condition that could could be deadly if it's not treated can come from me picking my nose? Yeah. You get bacteria in there and it travels and infects you. And you get pneumonia. British scientists say they've proven for the first time that uh, pneumonia causing bacteria can be transmitted manually via the nose and hands. They were given the unenviable choices, according to volunteers. Wet sniff, dry sniff. <laughs> oh, God, this sounds like a horrible day. <laughs> you're, given the, you're given these four tasks. Wet sniff, dry sniff, wet poke, dry no. poke. No, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> John and Ken are up next. Uh, I hope so. 
<laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Oh. oh. Gary and Shannon. He's giving it the big build up there, and he did not deliver at all. What a shame. Nobody wants to see that.